0: Up on today's episode we have some amazing news to share with you we talk about the queen about her illness and also about whether we think she should step down lots more especially the princess royals engagements we have some this week yay okay let's get on with today's episode Hello and welcome to our podcast Keeping Up With The Windsors. My name is Michelle and I'm Rachel. Hello everyone. Hello everyone and thank you so much for joining us today. We've got some like super duper, can't believe I'm going to say this, out of my mouth news. And that is that when we put up the podcast last week, episode 33, we were teetering on the edge of getting to 10 1000 downloads and then royal community you started listening in your hundreds hundreds and we've actually reached 10000 downloads which i cannot believe. I'm absolutely flabbergasted. I honestly cannot believe you're saying those (laughs) words right now. (laughs) Me either.
1: It's just so bizarre to us. When we started this podcast back in March, no way did we think we'd get to 10,000 downloads by October. It's it's just
0: mind-boggling it really is and it's all down to you, world community I cannot like I wish I could just thank you in person like every single one of you for listening and you know sharing the podcast liking the podcast leaving a review telling your friends uh putting it on socials it's because of you that we've hit this number and we're just so unbelievably grateful so thank you so much for listening
1: this is a passion for us we love talking about it and we love connecting with all of you as well so thank you so much it honestly it means the world to us and we just get such a buzz don't we of looking at where people in the world are listening to us. and Yeah, definitely. We're
0: like, oh, like the other day there was a lady and she was from Alaska. We were like, oh, Alaska, hello. <laughs> I remember, gosh, um, way back when we had one Alaska listener and then we didn't have any other Alaska listeners for ages. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, we have an Alaska listener. <laughs> Welcome. Honestly, it's just amazing. It's mind blowing to us you listen and like I say you spread the word and you you give us your honest feedback I love this at the end of the day we these are our opinions and then nothing other than our opinions and obviously we we give you the news as and when we get it what I love is hearing everybody else's opinions as well because some people don't agree with us and that's fine and other people do agree and other people have different points of view so It's just wonderful. It's wonderful not only to be part of the royal community myself, but to see everyone else being part of it. Because sometimes you can feel quite alone, like in the Queen. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's not like the the most um, fashionable thing to do anymore, but, you know, I'm here (laughs) representing.
1: Yeah, and what we will say is stay tuned for the next few months because we have some exciting content coming your way and we're looking to broaden our horizons and how we can expand this rural community even more than what you already are. So thank you so much. And without you guys, we wouldn't have hit 10,000. So thank you. If you'd like to follow us on Instagram, please do at keeping up the Windsor's pod. And you can also email us at
0: keeping up the Windsor's pod at gmail.com brilliant we'd love to hear from you so let's get on with it let's go to the royal roundup for this week Okay, so I'm going to start off with Mary Berry. If you don't know, Mary Berry is a culinary expert in the UK. She's worked in TV broadcasting for years and years and years. She is like such a staple within our British culture. I'm I'm sure you may have, rural community, heard of Mary Berry because she was on the Great British Bake Off. So if you've ever seen that where you are, you'll know that she, well, she used to be on the the Bake Off. It's now prue Lee. prue Lee. And poor Hollywood. Anyway, Mary Berry collected her damehood honours from Prince Charles for services to broadcasting, the culinary arts, and to charity. And honestly, I thought she was a dame about 20 years ago. (laughs) I was very shocked when I saw it. But she deserved it about 20 years ago, didn't she? Probably about 50 years ago, no one here. Well (laughs) done, Mary. Honestly, I love everything. I, I do make a mean, and I mean mean, Mary Berry Victoria Sponge and a Mary berry lemon drizzle tray bake oh honestly michelle i was just about to say i make a mean lemon cake no way (laughs) (laughs) we'll have to do a bake-off between us see oh my goodness me we should totally do a lemon drizzle bake-off oh that's it well there we go that's it next time we meet up there you go (laughs) get the ingredients in (laughs) well royal community if you're into baking let us know even send us your pictures of cakes we love seeing them even better on a royal wedding plate do you like you got the princess diana and the prince charles plates even better what are those Okay, so we also saw the lovely Princess Alexandra grace the Royal Socials this week as Vice President of the British Red Cross and she was handing out the Queen's Badge of Honour for exceptional service to three members of the society. I loved seeing Princess Alexandra on this engagement and it was so wonderful for her to make the socials.
1: We saw Princess Beatrice and Princess Eugenie accompanied by their husbands Ido and Jack as they travelled to Greece to attend the wedding of Prince Philip of Greece to Nina Flor. And Prince Philippos is the godson of Princess Diana and a distant relative of Prince Philip ah. as part of the Greece and Denmark branch of the royal family. Lovely. So although Greece no longer have a royal family, they still use the titles. And this was quite the high society wedding of the year. There was a lot of aristocrats there and it people some nice frocks to see Beatrice and Eugenie looked really lovely and considering Beatrice only gave birth what the other month she looks incredible
0: yeah absolutely rocking it Prince Charles proudly presented prizes to the winners of the Prince's Trust Awards at St. James's Palace, and this recognises young people who've made a positive impact against all the odds. Now, Prince Charles made a very moving speech. He said the Prince's Trust mission is more relevant now than ever, particularly as the pandemic has made the need to help young people prepare for the world of work even more urgent. Every young person deserves a chance to succeed and the young people here today have shown that. With the right support, they can fulfill their potential and go on to achieve tremendous things here, here, Prince Charles, here, here. I love,
1: I love the Prince's Trust. Yeah. And the fact that it's been going for so long and it's just helped so many people over the years, so many people, so many different communities. Mm. And I, I love when we get to hear about this on the socials. I think it's a really important enterprise that he's set up and continues to be a part of. And you can tell that he's really proud of it as well.
0: And I think we've mentioned before that this will be his legacy, the prince's trust definitely yeah prince charles gave his support to the first black pound day marketplace event that was held by the prince's trust this week and that specifically supports young black entrepreneurs so again the prince's trust doing amazing work out there and i'm glad that the event was such a success as well so it's been a quite a busy week for duchess of cornwall this week michelle oh wow she needs to put her feet up this week i'm sure (laughs) that'll never happen
1: (laughs) So we saw Camilla at a reception for her Duchess of Cornwall's reading room and guests included Dane Judi Dench, Charles Dance, who you may remember played Charles's uncle, Lord Mountbatten, in seasons three and four of The Crown. Charles Brandwith, who we've mentioned before previously on our podcast.
0: He's like a patron of the podcast, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's mentioned so much. He always much. gets in
1: there. Yeah. It's like a name drop, isn't he? <laughs> and Radio 2 DJ Sarah Cox at a reception to celebrate the Reading Club. And since joining the Royal Family, Camilla has highlighted the importance of literature and reading and is patron of seven charities, including the National Literacy Trust and First Story. And the event was also attended by authors who have contributed to the Reading Room, including Delia Owens and Dame Edna O'Brien. And Camilla said to the authors, you will never know how many lives you have touched. Or how much joy, laughter and companionship and comfort you have brought to book lovers all over the world, especially during these challenging times. And I've said it before and I say it again, the reading room has been great. And I think life would be such a poorer place if we didn't have books, as to me,
0: books is the gateway to our imaginations. It's an online book club, in essence, isn't it? Yes. But what was wonderful is bringing everyone together. And the One Show also covered the event. So there was a little piece on television and um, Camilla got interviewed by the One Show. And that was really nice as well, because now it's spreading the word even more. The reading is... Not just, I don't know whether people see reading as boring. It's actually not. It's such a a wonderful thing to do. And I mean, I know you're an avid reader, Rach.
1: Yeah. And I think a, a lot, especially these days, a lot of TV shows or films that
0: you see are adaptations from books. Sometimes they miss the mark quite a lot with films uh, because the book's always so much better, isn't it? Oh, the book's always better. It
1: doesn't matter what film or series adaptation, well, apart from Bridgerton, because, you know, I love me <laughs> Bridgerton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this week we found out that Charles and Camilla will be doing a tour of the Hamish kingdom of Jordan and the Arab Republic of Egypt from the 16th to the 19th of November and this is being called upon by the British government it's going to focus on climate change and how leaders can put COP26 which obviously is the event that's coming up in, I think it's next week or the week after next week Next Yeah, week. next week and how the leaders can put COP26 commitments into action. So that's going to be something that we're going to be really on the ball following. So watch this space, keep listening to the podcast, and we'll give you all the info as and when it comes up. I'm really excited about this
1: tour. I actually went into Prince Charles's website and read the breakdown of what they're going to be doing on each day. And the engagements are just incredible. Um, a lot of what Camilla's going to be doing is to do, again, with reading, um, meeting younger people and as we know we're going to talk about in a bit she's a big supporter of sexual violence um, and how to help women in these areas and when she's going to be over there that's what she's going to be talking about.
0: It's going to be like I say a full-on tour as usual uh, royal tours are super full-on but um, yeah we'll have more in the coming weeks. We're going to be talking about Camilla's engagement, but it's got a trigger warning attached. So if you would not like to listen to that, just skip forward about two minutes and we will be moving on to the next engagement. But we're going to be talking about adult themes coming up
1: so staying with Camilla, she delivered a speech for the Shameless Festival, which is a collaboration between Women of the World and Birkbeck's Shame Project. Now, the festival will confront and change social attitudes towards sexual violence. And Camilla gave a very heartfelt and powerful speech, and in which she said... The challenges are immense. The crime survey of England and Wales show that 144,000 women were victims of rape or attempted rape in the last year of which figures were available. This equates to roughly 16 of the most serious sexual offences every hour. 16 every hour. She emphasised that. And then she also went on to say we need to get the men in our lives involved in this movement. We do not in any way hold all men responsible for sexual violence, but we do need them all aboard to tackle it. After all, rapists are not born, they are constructed, and it takes an entire community, male and female, to dismantle the lies words and actions that foster a culture in which sexual assault is seen as normal and in which it shames the victim and she actually went on to list some of the victims that we've had in the previous year including Sarah Everard mm. and it was just it was just really heartfelt and it's just such an important charity that she supports and I'm just so glad that a member of the royal family can speak out about on the subject like this
0: yeah yeah I I think knowing more about the royals we were personally myself I realized that actually these really important causes that are very triggering still need to be talked about they still need to be out there and to have a light shine upon the work that is being done by these charities and it's wonderful to see Camilla really putting some passion behind it and and using her platform to to raise awareness yeah
1: and to finish off this week with Charles and Camilla, they launched the centenary of the Royal British Legion Poppy Appeal. And they met 10 volunteers, each born in one of the decades of the campaign. And these collectors are amongst 40,000 Poppy Appeal volunteers who helped to raise vital funds to support the Royal British Legion. The Queen, who is patron of the Legion, provides lifelong care and support to all-serving and ex-serving personnel and their families. So each year, me personally, I think you do as well, Michelle, we always buy a poppy, don't we? We wear it proudly on our coats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the money, as we said, goes to service men and women, past and present and future, really, as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. You never really know when you would need that support as a soldier or as you know serving or or retired and the legions there whenever you need them. This week we haven't heard anything from the Cambridges because they have a well deserved half term rest. We saw a Papped snap, I hate pap snaps, of them at I yeah. think it was Heathrow. Yeah, they was at Heathrow. They were yeah. at the airport getting on a plane. So I hope they have a wonderful week off. They really do deserve it. And obviously, William's going to be back with COP26 the week after. So they need to rest up and have a good time for sure and we had an update this week on the prince andrew civil case in america where judge lewis kaplan ruled that depositions which i'm not quite sure what a deposition is but i think it's an out of court testimony any depositions need to be submitted by the 14th of july kaplan also set out a pre-trial date of the 28th of july now Virginia Dufresne has accused Prince Andrew of sexual assault in New York in 1991, and Prince Andrew has denied the allegations. So that's the update. We've had some dates to pop in. And obviously, we know that comes right off the back of Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee celebrations. So, I mean, yeah, I have no words at this point.
1: It's just such a dark cloud, isn't it, that holds over the royal family at the moment. Yeah. It doesn't matter what good they do. There's just this black cloud hanging over them. and ah, oh, yeah. But that's the update so far. So let's move on to Princess Anne, the Princess Royal. So she had lots of wonderful engagements this week and she visited Wiltshire as Colonel-in-Chief of the Royal Court of Signals, a role that she has held for more than 40 years. And she was visiting soldiers, completing communications training. 40
0: years. Can you believe that? yeah i can with that i really can well yeah exactly (laughs) when she's in she's in there she's not coming out (laughs) good old Anne. uh she also visited the royal academy of engineering to attend a reception honoring her father the duke of edinburgh now he established the academy in 1976 and was a senior fellow for over 50 years can you see a little um a pattern emerging with the work ethic. Um, A fund has also been set up in memory of Prince Philip to support those working in the engineering sector.
1: There was some pictures wasn't there of her signing the book you know whenever a a royal visits somewhere they always sign a book to say basically that they've been there yeah and there was actually pictures of Prince Philip in the background and I was like oh yeah and also went to Somerset for a number of engagements firstly unveiling a plaque Black attack! (laughs) I feel like we haven't
0: said that in a while. I know, I know.
1: And she was there to open the Sycamore building at Fermi School, who cater for young people with learning needs. Then she went on to Western Supermare to open a food and drink innovation centre called Foodworks. And finally, she opened the refurbished Winter Garden and the new University Centre Western, took a tour of the facilities and spoke with staff and students as well. So as we know, as we always say, that
0: isn't everything Anne did, but they're, they're some of the key points that we've pulled out for this week. Yeah, and I just wanted to add that she actually finished the week by doing some investitures at St. James's Palace. So she wasn't over there, Rach. She was still <laughs> going, girl. She was still going. She's
1: going. Oh, she'll
0: never stop. She'll never stop. I wanted to add this little tiny bit in to the end of the rounder, And it was this sweet post on the queen's green canopy and they were talking of a horse called drum horse major mercury who actually passed away this week after a decade of service as um part of the um horse cavalry and they planted a tree in his memory as part of the queen's green canopy And I just thought it was the sweetest thing. So I just wanted to mention it. And uh, thank you for your service, Major Mercury. He was the most beautiful shire horse as well. So yeah, I just thought I'd mention that because I thought that was just so sweet.
1: So that's it for the Royal Roundup. Now let's move on to the Royal News.
0: Ooh, okay. We are on to the Royal News. We're going to talk about the Queen. And we're going to give you all the details. And then we're going to go on to the question, should the Queen step down from her role? So what's been
1: going on with the Queen, Rach? So in last week's episode, we told you that the Queen had cancelled her visit to Northern Ireland on medical advice. And this week we found out that she will no longer attend the evening reception on Monday COP26. And on Tuesday this week, Buckingham Palace released a communication which read Following advice to rest, the Queen has been undertaking light duties at Windsor Castle. Her Majesty has regretfully decided that she will no longer travel to Glasgow to attend the evening reception of COP26 on Monday, 1st of November. Her Majesty is disappointed not to attend the reception, but will deliver an address to the assembled delegates via a recorded video. Right.
0: So, What was your initial thoughts about this, Rach, when Buckingham Palace put the statement out? I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. But I think now people
1: are... I think it's one of those things, isn't it, where the Queen's always been there. Like, we just expect her to always be there. So when she's not at an yeah. engagement, when she's supposed to be, it's like, oh, are they are they holding something back? Is she iller than what we originally thought? Is something else going on behind mm. the scenes? And I think yeah. you said, you. I was speaking to you the other day, and you were like, quite angry at the communication team at Buckingham
0: Palace yeah didn't you you said that Yeah, I am angry at them because I think the main thing we need especially I mean maybe it's, it's a very egotistical thing for me to say that because I support the royals but I, but I also need them to be as transparent as possible so when something comes out that they haven't given their full details on they discredit themselves if that makes sense mm. And it makes them look like they're hiding something. Yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, like the Queen's health is her business. But I think the way in which they'd said it is she she was at home resting when she was actually in hospital getting tests. So it would be different if they said the Queen is in at hospital getting further investigations. Please respect her privacy at this time mm. versus a completely different story. So I got a little bit angry at that. Not because I need to know the ins and outs of everything that's going on with the Queen, but you're going to get found out. The truth is always there. So just tell the truth. But I think as well, in terms of us knowing that she was in
1: hospital, I think the reason that they didn't divulge that information was because we knew what it was like For instance, when Prince Philip was in hospital, there were so many camera crews outside, news reporters, waiting for him to come out. Mm. And that's what the Queen would have dealt with. She would just have a barrage of reporters outside. Now we know that she went to hospital and she was receiving tests. But if it was just like a quick in and out job, fair enough. But because it's the Queen, it's always going to be escalated, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean... It's not a surprise that a ninety five year old woman needs to go to the hospital for her health. I mean that's part and parcel of just getting older, but don't make out everything's fine when it's not fine so i I don't know maybe that's just my my opinion on that but yeah if if it if it was me, I wouldn't be sugarcoating things. I'd literally just be saying it as it is. She's so used to being the queen that this is just another thing to add to the list, I guess, for no privacy with her. Not that I think that that um, is right, by the way, but yeah, mm, I, I'm conflicted about this issue to be honest. I just want I, maybe I'm just angry because I just wanted to make sure she was all right. Mm. I think it's a sensible thing for her to say at
1: Windsor Castle. I personally, I don't think we'll see that many in-person engagements from her. I think we'll possibly see her at Sandrinham at Christmas when the royal family go to church because we didn't have that last year. And I think everyone wants to see and celebrate her next year for the Platinum Jubilee. And I don't think she will want to disappoint people as this is going to mark not just a personal milestone, but historically
0: for being the longest serving monarch that we've ever had. Um, I think I read somewhere, I might be wrong, in the week before she was ill, She traveled 900 miles up and down the country. I really, really do believe that two engagements for the Queen a week is even way too much. I think she should literally just be in Windsor on Zoom. Yeah. If Then if she decides to go somewhere, then fine. But let people come to her. That's what I think anyway.
1: I was um, discussing this with someone the other day about the week before she was using a walking stick and they, someone was saying about the Jubilee and I said, if it gets that bad, I think she'll be in a wheelchair yeah. She is not going to miss the Jubilee. She knows how important this is. It's important in the sense of the Queen and the Royal Family, they bring so much tourism into our country. Mm. And the Platinum Jubilee next year, hopefully, fingers crossed,
0: coronavirus. There's procedures in place now, isn't there?
1: Yeah, so more, so more people can travel. And that's just going to bring so much money into the British economy next year. Mm. And so much money is being pumped into the Jubilee already. Yeah, I, th- I think really what they want is for her to reach the Jubilee. Everyone wants her to reach that milestone and come her or high water, she's going to be there. So if that means that for the rest of this year, she stays at Windsor yeah, and the beginning of next year, she stays. I mean, for Christmas, she usually stays until the anniversary of her father's death. And that's when she would normally go back to Buckingham Palace. I I don't see her going back to Buckingham Palace that often now. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I think next year for the Jubilee, she will be there. But apart from that, I don't think we're going to see much of her. Me either. And I'm okay with that. We've said it before. That is what the other members of the royal family are for. That is what Charles Camilla, William, Catherine, Princess Anne, Edward and Sophie, that's what they're there for. You know, their job is to be at engagements to take on patronages, to raise awareness for certain organizations. That is their job. Mm -hmm. But I think because the queen is the queen, you know, like COP26, that was a big draw, her just being there, you know, for all these world leaders. Now she's not going to be there. It's down to Charles to kind of pick up the slack in a
0: way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, So I 100% agree with you. I do not need to see the Queen on engagements. Like the fact that we saw her on the socials this week talking to ambassadors via Zoom and there's a picture of her having the conversation. Fine. I don't need to know what the Queen's doing every five minutes. And also, I believe the Queen shouldn't be doing half as much as what she's doing. I'd even say 80% of what she's doing. (laughs) But there's, there's a point now where we need to have the conversation should the Queen step down. And this is a hard one because she's anointed by God. It's a promise that she's made to God to serve the people. And the queen takes that duty above all else. And so in our constitution, in in the way in which the monarchy is set up, she is going to be the queen until she dies. That's her duty to God. But I think there needs to be a personally myself a political law or something that says she gets to retire and allow a regent of some sort like prince charles stepping in and they kind of like do a dual role after a certain age because 95 and still having all those responsibilities is really unfair in my eyes and I think there needs to be a cutoff point where you say, do you know what? Everyone deserves a retirement. But I guess it's not a job, is it? It's a duty. It's like being a mum or dad. You can't just switch that off. You're just your mum or dad for the rest of your life. But I think that's, I guess that's what I'm saying. I think there needs to be some kind of thing put in place that says after this time, you can still do queen things, <laughs> whatever queen things are, but you, there needs to be somebody that comes in to give you that break. Because to expect what we're expecting from the Queen and all those engagements is absolutely, in my opinion, unbelievable. As you can tell, I'm a bit angry about it. (laughs) So I guess the the question's flawed because she can't step down unless she abdicates. She'll never abdicate because that's not who she is.
1: And I think as well, you know, she's the Queen, so she doesn't have time off to say, doesn't get to the weekend. She's
0: like, right, put my feet
1: up. That's just not who she is. And I think in a way her work especially since the passing of Prince Philip occupies her mind, it gives her something to do, so she's not missing him as much. And I, th- I think, to be honest, we have seen Charles and Camilla step up more in the last year or so. But they're also in their 70s, Rach. Yeah, and I think this is why William and we're seeing a lot more now, because I- I've-, I've especially noticed, especially since starting this podcast, how much more we have seen of William and Catherine so what do you think then? What do you think should happen moving forward for the Queen? I think she, personally she should stay at Windsor. And like you said, I think she should do, I'm fine with seeing her on Zoom. I think as long as we get to see a picture every once in a while of her to know that she's okay, Yeah. you know, maybe it would be nice to see her at Christmas. We know unless she's really, really ill, she would most certainly go to church, whether we get to see that or not. Yeah. She is an re- extremely religious person. So her missing church is not an option unless she goes to a private service. And then next year, we see her at the jubilee. I'm fine with that.
0: Yeah, this is what I think. I would love to see the queen go on. Like you know, do you know when people are retired and they go on cruises and they go on like coach holidays and stuff? Like go to Mauritius or go to. Well, they had that in.
1: They used to do it in the summer, though, didn't they? When they used to have the Royal Yacht Britannia. That's what they used to do. They used to sail and they used to have a few weeks off during the summer holidays.
0: Yeah, but what I think I'm saying, there should be a phasing out of a monarch into the new era of another monarch. It doesn't mean they're not monarch, but they're allowed to enjoy life. They've given so much to our country. To ask somebody in their in their 95th year to still be as active as they were in their 40s is so unbelievably... like. To me, I just, it just doesn't seem right. And I know her work ethic is there. I don't know whether it would work like they'd do a month of working and then a month off. I don't even think we've made the point, though, Rach, that she's not just the queen of, you know, United Kingdom. She's got the Commonwealth to look after as well. So it's, it's a big responsibility and it takes time. I mean, that's just a lot of work, isn't
1: it? But do you think as well it's a personal choice that she doesn't want to give up certain things because you have the other members of the family to support her to lean on but she might not want to relinquish that control over certain aspects of her role and if she hasn't slowed down at this point I don't think she's ever going to slow down.
0: Yeah and most probably it is because knowing the queen she's so hardworking and a leader it makes sense that she wouldn't want to relinquish that. It, fe- it feels to me that she'd even be in bed ill working. Like it would be very hard for her to take that time off. But then maybe that's because that's all she knows. And if she hasn't slowed down at this point, I don't think she's ever going to slow mm. down. Yeah. So in a way, her having time off might just literally be worse than what she's doing. Because what she's doing is possibly, we don't know, but possibly what she actually wants to do. I just feel like I want to just say to her it's okay to even if you strip back 95 percent of everything that you're doing that five percent is still too much for a 95 year old (laughs) that's how I want to say it and I don't mean that as in she's not capable or she's not willing or she shouldn't do that I'm saying that as in she's given so much to the country let her live the way she wants to live. I feel as well, though, this has a lot to do with the people that
1: work within the institution. Like, they have, and I hate to sound this because it sounds so outdated, but they still have what they call a Privy Council. So she'll have, like, her private secretary, her press secretary. She'll have so many people that is involved, and we don't know what these people do in a day-to-day, but surely there must come a point when these people sit in a room and say, right... This is what Her Majesty has on for the next few months. What can we take away from her? What can yeah. we give to someone else? Because she isn't the one organising all of these things. It's other people that do that for her. Mm.
0: But I, th- I think you're right, though. They have delegated a lot of the work to other members of the royal family. But is this still enough? I mean, that's a lot of work to do. It's a lot of work to do. But I'm so happy that she has the opportunity now to do it virtually. And I know she would do lots of stuff virtually because she can't be in Canada and she can't be in other places of the, the Commonwealth. I don't know. I just I just want her to be OK and I want her to do what she wants to do. But then I'm not we're not in the circle, are we, right? So she might actually be saying, no, I want to do that. And they are saying, no, you can't. She's like, no, nope, I'm doing that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which, to be honest, is probably what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but we do hope that the Queen feels better soon and long live the Queen, <laughs> I guess that's all we can say.
1: So, what do you think,
0: royal community?
1: Do you think the Queen should step down? Do you think there should be procedures put in place for when a monarch becomes a certain age and for someone else to take over? Let us know over on Instagram at Keeping Up the Windsor's Pod, or you can email us at Keeping Up the Windsor's Pod at gmail.com
0: want to say a massive thank you to everybody who's listened to the podcast so far and got us over the edge of 10,000 downloads. is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much. And also, if you are listening on Apple, please leave us a review. If you're listening on Spotify, please favorite or add to your favorites, like the episode. And anywhere else, like, share, spread the word about the podcast. Let's grow the royal community. Thank you so much for being here and we will see you next week on Keeping, Keeping Up with the Windsors.